Welcome to the Retreat House Podcast. I'm your host, Angie Smith. I've invited a friend to come and join me at the Retreat House table. Come and join us. I am so glad that you're with me today because my guest at the Retreat House table is Anna Carey. She is the Contemporary Worship Director at Calvary Church, which is my church. And when Anna came to the church, she talked about a class she had been taking and how that class really contributed to her decision to even apply to the position at Calvary. So that made me very intrigued about um, what the, I felt like there was a story there. So I invited Anna to come to the table and tell her story. So welcome, Anna. Hi, thank you. Is there anything else that you would like to tell us about yourself? <laughs> about myself? You're uh, a, you are a, um, you write music, right? I do, yeah. Yeah, I write uh, music for myself under my artist name, Anna Marie Carey. And then also I've been really venturing into worship music, a, a pursuit that God has kind of placed on my heart. So that's been a huge part of my story recently. And I'm in a band called Astronauts and we write and record. <laughs> I love that name. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of an interesting <laughs> title, but um, it has intention and purpose behind it. And so um, we're just a collaborative group of people who are worship leaders or technical directors at churches across the Twin Cities. And so we get together and um, some of which are related to me <laughs> and we uh, <laughs> write music together. And so we're working on releasing an album under the name Astronauts and just hoping to be able to play some of those worship songs that God has put on our hearts in our services. So that's, that's exciting. The goal. So yeah. tell me, tell me more about Astronauts. Where um, does that come from? Yeah. Astronauts is just this concept of like someone who gets to see kind of from a God's eye perspective mm. and how we should hopefully be living with that same worldview um, seeing the world the way God does. Um, they're one of the people who gets, you know, if you want to say closest to the heavens, um, when they get to see the world from the outside perspective and they get to see that with just awe, with inspiration and mm -hmm. um, get, get to see creation as a whole. And I think that's something that I struggle to do day to day is live in awe. Mm -hmm. and live in awe of God and live in awe of his creation because of the way that the world seems to be so fallen and dark in these in these present yes. days. And so just kind of restoring that and then just seeing things from, from his perspective is really huge. And so been working on that through this music. And one of the songs specifically says, we stand in awe because you're astounding. You really are. And it's a, a talking about God being miraculous. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that I don't really consider on a day-to-day -day basis is a miraculous God. And right. so it's been an interesting concept to explore about this sense of awe. So I love that. And that's yeah. so true about if I mean... Even with situations in life day to day, if you could take a step back mm -hmm. and get a bigger perspective, a bigger picture of what's happening, yeah, that's so important. Yeah, that's great. So, um, so in the intro, I talked a little bit about what I would he was hearing you say about a class that you were taking. So, mm -hmm. what? What was that class and what had brought you to take that class? Sure. Um, the class was called Form and it's through a group called 3DM. And there were um, a couple runs of this class uh, in Minnesota and across kind of the globe. And I was taking the class because at the time I was working at a, a small church as a worship leader. 
And I just knew that I needed something else, A, to fill my time, but something else to fill me spiritually. Mm -hmm. And I had gone to Northwestern, University of Northwestern in St. Paul, and have a Bible minor. But a lot of the time spent there, I just couldn't give the energy to the Bible minor in the way that I wanted to. And I don't do lectures super well. I'm hands-on, very creative Mm -hmm. in that way. And so I was pursuing a film major. And so all of my time and energy went into that instead of um, really being able to hone in on those Bible classes in the way that would would really impact me. And so I thought I just needed this better sense of theology, a better sense of facts and numbers and dates and all these things Mm -hmm. in the Bible. And I prayed and asked God for guidance on where to go. Was that a master's degree? Was that, um, you know, other type of schooling or just auditing a class? And he led me to this class. And I honestly can't even remember how. It was like a friend through a friend through a friend through a friend Mm -hmm. who was teaching the class. And um, I was kind of late to the game. But I signed up and realized really quickly that this was not about theology. This was all of a sudden about spiritual formation and discipleship. And I was like, this isn't what I was hoping for, but God knew exactly what I needed. Mm -hmm. And so um, a lot of the class was talking about just um, listening to God. A lot of what I gleaned from it was that that idea of listening to God and understanding how he's speaking to us day after day after day. And I kind of I recently wrote a song about that called Infiltrate My Heart, God of Breakthroughs, Force Me to Restart So Mm -hmm. I Can See You More Clearly, Waking Up Every Morning and Recognizing That God Is Trying to Get Through to Us. Mm -hmm. And that totally changed my faith and my life. So, yeah. And I mean, that kind of echoes back to what you were saying too, about your astronauts Mm -hmm. (laughs) and having that above that far away perspective, Mm -hmm. because I think it's the times in life when you're experiencing pain Mm -hmm. and experiencing hardship, when you start to lose that awe Mm -hmm. and you start to lose that wonder of who God is and you start to doubt, you know, is he good? Yeah. Is he faithful? Yeah. Oh yeah. In those times. Yeah. And he is. And he is faithful. Yeah. And yeah, that's so important to have that wonder. So then how did the opportunity uh, at Calvary present itself while you were... And so were you in the middle of the class or had you finished the class? Yeah, I was in the middle of the class. And to give you some context of where I was in this church that I had been a part of, um, my story into into a full-time ministry is challenging. It was one where I applied mm-hmm place after place after place, church after church. And a lot of them um, didn't see my skills as helpful to their community because I was a female, which was very challenging to me. Yes. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And unfortunately, that's not uncommon. And so I felt very discouraged and really just took the first job I could get. And it ended up being this small Baptist community that I fell in love with. Mm -hmm. And um, they were really struggling in that they had a long, great, wonderful history, um, but in the present time, we're just kind of fading away. And I saw kind of how I could be a part of revitalizing them and restoring them. And so I felt like God's call on me was to stick with this community. And I was stubborn and didn't want to be another millennial that was going to quit their job after Mm -hmm. a couple of months, even Mm -hmm. though I knew that this wasn't the long-term place to be. But I just fell in love with the community and the people and felt a sense of responsibility to kind of help bring them into the next season of ministry for them. But God had different plans, <laughs> and I was not prepared for that because I was certain God wanted me to basically rescue this church. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, I realized that I'm limiting his power. He started this church a 100-some years ago, not mm-hmm. me, right. and he was going to continue to take care of it whether or not I was there. 
And so um, I stepped into the church in, when they were in a period of interim and they were looking for a new pastor. And I learned a lot in that season. But once the new pastor was called, I started to um, feel like a lot of the burden fell on me because um, we were a very small staff. Mm-hmm. And so I started to have some questions about my time there. And through this class, um, they were, again, helping us to recognize what they called kairos moments. So moments in your day where something just stands out, something's just strange. Maybe it's someone saying something or a word pops into your head or an image or something Mm -hmm. and just making note of that. And all of a sudden, I started to get a bunch of people coming to me week after week for months and months and months telling me that there was a job opening at Calvary Church. Okay. And it was a full-time worship leader position. I'd be great for the job. And every single time I said, no, thank you. Because God Wright was calling me to, right, to right. this small you church. You thought you were supposed exactly. to Exactly. And I was supposed to save it. Right. Right. <laughs> I wasn't. Right. <laughs> and uh, so it was very, very frustrating for so many people it kept coming back to me. There was an individual who was on the search team. I don't think she was supposed to share this information with me, but mm-hmm. she kept telling me, they're just not finding the candidates they that really fit what they're hoping for. And you have those qualities. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I need to stay where I am. Right. I love this community too much, and I'm not going to be the next person to abandon them like many leaders before had. And so I just and felt... I'm sorry. Don't you think it's difficult, too, when you're going from something good? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it wasn't yeah. like it was bad no, where you were. Exactly. And that's hard. Yeah. Right. I, I, you almost wish you kind of left under under worse circumstances, but I'm so grateful now that I got to leave under circumstances that were so positive and people mm-hmm. that really cared and loved me. I didn't burn bridges when I left. But people kept coming to me and I just was like, okay, <laughs> I know what this is. And yeah. I recognized from the first moment that it was God trying to get a hold of me. Mm-hmm. And I specifically would not pray about this decision because I knew if I prayed about it, that's me recognizing that God is actually speaking to me, right? Right, right. So I just kept pursuing what I was doing in my small church and kept declining when people asked me about Calvary. And mm-hmm. Calvary is actually a church that my mom grew up in, my grandparents go to. So oh, there's a lot there, of... I knew your grandparents were there. I didn't know Mm -hmm. your mom grew up there. Yeah. So they've had a long history there. So it's a place that I loved. And honestly, in other circumstances, I would have jumped at the chance to work somewhere like that. Um, And I eventually heard from, at the time, he was the White Bear worship leader. Mm -hmm. His name is Jason Peterson. And he reached out to me. I'd never met him in my life. And he said... I don't know you, but I think you're perfect for this job. You need to apply. And I was like, someone who doesn't even know me thinks I'd be good for this job. And it's just, it's a direct contrast to what I'd experienced before. All of a sudden I'm being pursued, whereas before people were rejecting me and rejecting me. Where you couldn't even get in the door. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) so I, I just felt so backwards about it all. But I said, you know what? I'm sorry, but I have had at least 10 people tell me this by now that I'm supposed to go here. And he was like, well, are 10 people wrong? I was like, you know, yeah, maybe not. Mm -hmm. And so I just opened the door very briefly and I said, okay, we can have a conversation and that's it. You know, like I was just going to open the door and then shut it right back. Right. But God kept opening the door and one thing led to another and I was in the application process before I knew it. And one of my former bosses, um, actually was on staff at Calvary in the tech ministry. And he had a conversation with me and just said, what do you want in a church in an ideal situation? And I said, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And he said that, well, that's Calvary. And I was like, I already know that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not news to me. I know this is where I belong. Mm-hmm. I know this is where I'm going to thrive. And my other church really just didn't have um, resources and technology and ministry that would keep me thriving mm-hmm. as a leader. 
And so I knew it wasn't going to be a long-term place, but I just did not want to do just the year and a half there. Right. And I think the average for a worship leader is a year and a half. Um, and so I didn't want to be another statistic. And right. since I'm a millennial, I didn't want to be another another statistic, <laughs> right? And so I, I wanted to stay and commit, but um, I knew God was calling me elsewhere. I, I had an actual conversation with the the man who had been the interim pastor at my small church. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Skip Hansen. He changed my life. And just I, I really believe I was at that church just to learn from him, learn about humility and patience and so many things as a leader. And I was just trying to understand my current pastor's vision and heart for our church because I was having a hard time with that. And I, I FaceTimed Skip and he said, you have a choice. You can be 100% in line with your pastor or you can step to the side and step out of the way. And I started crying and I said, Skip, I need to step out of the way. And that's when I agreed that I needed to go to Calvary. And he was right on board with me. And that, it's that crazy. Is <laughs> so great because, I mean, part of the history of long history of Calvary is that we've had people who have done that same thing. It's not that you don't love the church. It's that you love that church and that body well enough mm-hmm. to step out of this way yeah. for God to continue, to not be a block to what God is continuing yeah. to do. Yeah. So while it feels like, it, while it feels against, it's actually a very loving yeah. thing to do. But I yeah. imagine so hard. I mean, so I've never hard. been the one that had to do that. So Yeah. And when I was in college and out of college, I spent a lot of time touring churches, not touring, that sounds terrible, um, but going from church to church when they needed a worship leader to fill mm-hmm. in. So I got a lot of great experience, but the one thing that was always missing was a church home, mm-hmm. a place that I called home. And when I stepped into my small Baptist church, I was like, this is... This is not the church I would have picked for myself at all, mm-hmm. but this community just loves me so much, and I'm not going to settle for anywhere else um, that that doesn't have community like that. And Calvary was definitely like just open arms community, and I have some of the best friends I've ever had through through my time there. And it's important as a leader, you don't always get the ideal, but you want to be in a place where you you feel comfortable worshiping as well, right? Where you're around community that's going to challenge you too. You know, you need to be refueled, otherwise you're just going to be burnt out at the end of the day. So, well, and what's fun is that on your current team now is people, I mean, people from your life, mm-hmm. people from your past that mm-hmm. are all of a sudden now, which a part is of huge. The team. Right? Yeah, I was able to hire a couple of. Um, well, one of my closest friends and then um, another individual who's now our worship leader at White Bear, who I had run into through music in the past and just have absolutely adored both of these people and just makes our team stronger. Sometimes it's weird working with friends, but we we do it so well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just having that team supporting me and supporting my creative vision and vice versa and just collaborating together is huge for me. I love I love to be able to work on projects with other people and get their feedback and get their input and do things as both campuses is really important to me too. And so we've been able to do that through this really cool team that we've developed for contemporary worship. And so it's been awesome to have that really sense of of unity there. That's great. Mm -hmm. So I kind of jumped ahead. So then what was it like? So you talked to Skip, you FaceTime with Skip and he said, you need to step aside. Mm -hmm. So then what did that, that exit from the from the other church and then the entry into Calvary. Mm. What did that look like? It was challenging. I um, I felt so much peace through the rest of the process. I mean, I had said no for months and months and months. And then all of a sudden when I finally said yes, mm-hmm. the process went by so fast. And everybody I met, 
um, from my boss now to the other people on my team, I was just like, I want to work with these people so badly. They are just so kind-hearted and passionate. And so it was really a no-brainer. And I knew not to sound like pompous, but but the Lord is, was specifically calling me to Calvary. So I knew I was getting the job. That wasn't really a question in my mind. Mm-hmm. But then it was, how do I take care of the church that I'm leaving behind? And like you how said, leave well. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was able to leave well, and that was so huge. And there were broken hearts, of course, in that people that I, I still really love and care about that I miss dearly. Mm-hmm. Um, even some kids I had gotten to know that that kind of felt like I, I left that community behind. And that's hard. And you can't really fix some of those those fears. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I remember I kept the information from my entire church for this whole process, of course, because I didn't want to freak them out in case something went wrong. Right. But I did tell my pastor. And I, originally, I didn't, I didn't want to. I, I was kind of scared of what is he going to think if I'm applying for another job and then I don't get it? You know, then what? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really a sweet experience to go talk to him and just say, hey, this is what's been going on. And um, also, I would like to hear more about your vision for this church that I'm a part of now. Right. Um, I would like to have clarification on what are you trying to do with this community? Because I'm not fully understanding that. Mm-hmm. And it was a really great conversation, just getting to hear more of his heart. And I don't know why I never asked it before, but all of a sudden I'm asking it when I'm kind of exiting. <laughs> and it was really sweet to just have a better understanding of his heart for this community. It was a multicultural community, so there were a lot of interesting factors. Mm-hmm. And again, it was kind of slowly fading out um, through transition. And so... Um, I was just curious about how he wanted to revitalize that and how he wanted to build the multicultural component of that community. And so it was really good to have that conversation. And it took a lot of guts to be able to ask some of those questions and to just say, and also, I think I might be leaving, you know. (laughs) And he actually said, because he had a history at Calvary as well, which is very strange. And he worked there back in like the 80s, I think. Okay. And he said, I actually heard about the job and thought you would have been perfect for it. And wow. I was like, more confirmation that this is exactly where God was leading me. Um, telling my congregation was hard, definitely hard, a lot of tears. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody was so sweet and so kind and just said, you know, this is great for you. This is exactly where you need to go. And they knew that, you know, my resources were limited in their community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just so humbling to see that they cared just more about me right. than, than themselves or their, their community, but they just cared about me and wanted what was best for me in that time. And it still was hard, but um, that was a really sweet thing. And then I, I finished out Easter services, which was kind of cool to just do one final big service mm-hmm. and then transition to Calvary like a week later. And it was confusing and easy. And my first week of Calvary was not great. I lost my grandfather that week. And yeah, and so that was really challenging, but God was still so faithful and continued to give me energy and gave me the great resources around me and the staff members to to continue to teach me and build me. And I had a lot to learn Mm -hmm. and it's really shaped who I am as a leader today for sure. So it was a pretty interesting start, but it really developed into something amazing. And I wake up every morning so grateful that I'm in the place that I want to be in for years and years and years. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this a little bit, the current team that you have and mm-hmm. people very collaborative. What What is your hope as you kind of look forward and think about the future of your being at Calvary mm-hmm. and the team that you're working mm-hmm. on? What are kind of your hopes and, and dreams? Definitely um, continuing collaboration, 
continuing to develop more content that is original to Calvary. I work in our kind of video department, if you want to call it a department as well, Mm -hmm. with a great videographer and um, developing more original content there, developing more original content in our music, um, which is something that actually terrifies me. I don't like playing my own music in a worship setting. I don't like even playing my own worship songs, even though that's where they're supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And I you say more about that? Yeah. Well, there is a fear that people who hear that will think um, that I am there to promote myself, which I've never wanted to be there to promote myself. I've had this call in my life to be a worship leader since I was about really, really young, like single digits young. And wow. so I knew that that this was my calling, but I didn't know how writing was going to mix into that. So mm-hmm. I keep my artist side and my worship leader side very separate intentionally. Well, and something I've heard you say, too, is that actually opportunity to have a recording contract and, mm-hmm. and to go that route is not something that mm-hmm. you're that you're at all interested in. Like no. that is a closed door. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought because I think it's easy for people to look up at a worship service that's done well mm-hmm. and feel like people are performing mm-hmm. when it I think it has to do more with that. It's done well. Mm hmm. That yeah, it's not that the we're trying to perform- minimize distraction. We're not trying to right, you know, perform. And yeah, we get comments like that a lot. Anybody will, and that's a part of the the game here. Mm-hmm. But I had actually someone talk to me just the other day, who's in our prayer ministry at Calvary, and she said, "You feeling and worrying about what a congregation's going to think about your music is pride, and mm. you not pouring into this creative gift that God has given you." is just blatantly ignoring his call in that area of your life too. And I was just so struck by that. And it's like, I'm not pursuing my full gifts if I'm not able to share them, if right. I'm hoarding them for right. myself. And yeah, we're going to release an album of worship music, um, but that doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to play it at my own church, you know? And so it, there's some interesting gray lines because I know worship leaders who are there to promote themselves. Mm-hmm. And I really don't want to become that and have never wanted to become that because God has given me very distinct calls on my life. And so um, and that's it's an interesting challenging. Tension. It's an interesting tension to hold. It's too. very interesting. But I think um, pursuing creativity with this group of people really just encourages me day after day. And it continues to encourage me to explore what does that mean for my own writing and how does that integrate and God has really actually recently pressed some of that into me and just asked me to write some songs for our services. And I was just kind of blown away, like, you would really want that? And mm-hmm. so that's been a huge thing. But I think for our teams, I want us to be self-sustaining. I want leaders to grow out of our team. Mm-hmm. And that's already happening, which is insane to me. We have mentors on our team that will mentor someone who's just new on the team. So if an electric guitar player comes in, they're mentored by another electric guitar player. And those relationships have been really amazing. Mm -hmm. And to see just how people are willing to step up. Some people are willing to come to rehearsals without even having to actually rehearse with us just to give us feedback. I mean, stuff like that is huge. These people are invested in the people on that team. They're invested in being a leader. Anybody on our our worship team is a worship leader, no matter what. And that's I mean, that's discipleship. Mm-hmm. Going back to the class that you took, yeah, I, I mean, know. that is discipleship. Those yeah. those two electric guitar players meeting together. Yes, there's talk about mm-hmm. playing, but then there's also talk about life and yep. building a relationship and yeah. transformation that happens. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And just even seeing when our technical director has to step away for a weekend, our tech teams are still 
able to do a really incredible job. And these people are all mm-hmm. volunteers. Right. You know, and so it's just amazing to see how even volunteers, when you give them respect and responsibility, they're going to step up their game. Mm-hmm. And we play better because of that. Um, and we have a better spirit because of that. And we're just able to work together better as a community. And it's just amazing. And it really does impact the people around us. So, so I'm true. really appreciative of that and hope we can continue to grow in those ways. Well, that's so. exciting. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot on your plate mm-hmm. with yeah. writing music and recording and being a worship leader. What? So this is called Retreat House Podcast. Yeah. And what are some of the practices or places or rhythms that you have in place for your life for retreat? Is there a place you retreat, retreat to? Is there a practice that you retreat to? These are questions I'm going to ask every guest. Yeah. Uh, the answer would be no. Oh. <laughs> I don't do well with rest. It's something that God continues to challenge me on. Mm -hmm. I love to move and constantly be doing something. If it's not something work-related, then it is going to be something that's, um, you know, personal music or something like that. Mm -hmm. I actually just read an article today about um, why it's hard to be a single woman in leadership. And it hit the nail on the head. When you are a single woman in leadership, you don't feel like you have an excuse as to stop working. Whereas a mother could say, well, I have my son's soccer game. Mm -hmm. I don't have that excuse. So I feel a lot of pressure to work 24 seven. I, and so I'm, I'm just, I'm really working on rediscovering what does space look like and rest. That's actually healthy rest instead of just sitting on my, my cell phone, to be honest. Right. Um, I, I really used to pour into the examine practice. Um, so writing down every single day, just kind of the moments of my day and mm-hmm. then, um, writing down whether or not I responded positively or negatively to that. And it, it was really helpful, but I just, this summer was a challenging summer for me and just fell away from that practice. So it's something I want to pour back into and really have seen benefit from when mm-hmm. I do it. Um, so that's one thing that I, I, hope to get back into. Beyond that, I don't have a specific place anymore that I can really rest in. It used to be my cabin in the summertime, mm-hmm. but we um, are selling that. So yeah, it's it's definitely takes some thought to, to figure out where that is. And um, I'm a new homeowner, so a lot of my time and energy goes into that and mm-hmm. building my home and, and finding space to, to clean it and manage it. And that's right. a lot on my plate right now. And it's so, a lot. It's a yeah. lot to be a homeowner. Yes, especially completely alone. Right. And so there's some challenges there, of course. And so, but that can't be an excuse. I know that. And so God is trying to keep challenging me <laughs> on how do I find rest and what does that look like and how is it active rest so that I'm not just sitting there doing mindless things, but I'm doing right. things that pour back into him mm-hmm. and are rejuvenating yep using to communicate and Mm -hmm. so yeah life-giving huh yeah working on that so that's great that you're working on it Mm -hmm. and as another woman I mean I am a wife and a mom so I guess I have that quote excuse yeah but that I mean retreat house is my heartbeat Mm -hmm. and retreat is so important so yeah I give you permission to retreat, Anna. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. you. Need you need I appreciate to give you that. Yeah. Um, and then my other question that I'm asking people is kind of a fun question. Um, we celebrate weird in my family. Oh, thank the Lord. Yeah. And so <laughs> it would be like if there was a hashtag celebrate weird, mm. what is that weird thing about you mm. that kind of feels normal to you, but everyone else thinks is weird mm. or maybe you even think it's weird and you just celebrate it? Yeah. I'm a lover of history. 
um, to the point where it does actually like bleed into my real life. Mm -hmm. Um, If I could live in the 1960s, I would, though I know I would actually hate it in reality. (laughs) Getting back to that women and leadership yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a great time for that. No. But I love the study of 1968 specifically. And I don't quite remember exactly how it happened. I, I know I went to an exhibit on 1968 and something just like struck me. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I have furnished my house completely like the 1960s as much as I can. Almost all my furniture is from the 50s and 60s or 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is a great obsession with mine in addition to the Great Depression. And oh. I cannot explain <laughs> that either. Um, but I, I love, I hate reading completely hate it mm-hmm. and i will read any book though about 1968 or the great depression as much as i can Funny. and so i like to study things that really have no direct impact on me but if you think of 1968 it's a lot of what we're going through today so it's kind mm-hmm. of interesting to see how history obviously repeats it's itself, itself and is cyclical so it's been kind of an interesting yeah an interesting study so i also am obsessed with lipstick anybody who knows me knows that yep and i have over 100 sticks of lipstick so. i did not know you had 100 sticks yeah oh my goodness if you ever come into my bathroom they're all displayed <laughs> and people make fun and of how me. many shades of red do you think you oh have? a lot yeah. red is my favorite but they all have different undertones you just right. don't even understand yeah, no nope. right it has to match your skin yeah yep. right and your look for the day so you can't see me but today i'm very vampire-esque yes. so with my dark red lipstick mm-hmm. but yeah, I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the yeah. podcast and sharing your story. I was for me. so interested to hear more about it. And yeah. I'm really excited. I mean, I'm excited to be able to be a part of Calvary and see yeah. what God is doing. It's been very fun to see the, the collaboration that you talked mm-hmm. about with you and Hank and yeah. the whole team. Yeah. So I'm really excited. Amazing. Yeah. I'm excited to see what's cool. gone on. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you for listening to the Retreat House podcast. For any links mentioned in the show, head to the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and join us next week for another conversation at the Retreat House table. Thank you.